Grain to Glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. Oh, and I'm Brian. Hello. <laughs> this is the best beer show on the internet. <laughs> Am I supposed to say something? If you want to, oh. man. I'm not I'm not gonna force you to do anything. This mic is all kinds of like just in the wrong spot. It's weird going from like the <laughs> lapels to this again, like uh, yeah. trying to get back into back into the groove. And then there was no DOO on Sun on Sunday to get me back in, so Right. Yeah, there was a no, you're right, there wasn't. But there yeah, was a week before. There yeah. was a week there was a week before. There wasn't last week because we were driving back from Gen Con and we got back and we were just exhausted after four days yeah. of gaming. That makes sense. I yeah. I was uh about to go to the Melvin's show and I was listening I was watching on Twitch to I was watching DOO. Um, which I'm, I'm not a Luddite, but I'm not like super the best with technology, but it makes me feel like super like, like (laughs) futuristic, like watching this thing on this thing. I don't know. It's kind of neat. Yeah. But in any case, uh, the maybe 15 minutes that I listened to it, there was it immediately, there was a classic Casey versus Carlos (laughs) argument. (laughs) And I was like, what is Casey just just tease it up for you? Like, you know, does he not? I mean, God. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> I, it's what the listeners want. It's true, man. It's what I want. <laughs> I don't even remember what the argument was. Oh, it was probably it something ridiculously stupid. It does not matter. And to which I put on the chat, I said something like, you know, classic Carlos, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's what that way we talked about. What was the what the best sandwich was that <laughs> oh, week? <that's> right. <laughs> and then Carlos was like, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And the debate rages on. <laughs> He would say some shit like that. He would. He it. would. All right. Uh, but yeah, no. So went to Gen Con. Gen Con, I love it. It's my favorite convention. I love playing board games. I love drinking beer. At wow. there, I can do both. Uh, Where is uh, it? It's in Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, Sun King makes the official Gen Con, Gen Con beer every mm. year. Uh, this year it was a. Uh, I want to say it was like a Belgian pale. Oh, cool. Something like that. It was. It was really good. Or no, no, it's an American amber. American amber. Okay. Um, which it it was good. It, I liked it better than last year's beer, which was like a Belgian wit. Mm, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Belgian wit. Uh, but yeah, no. So that that was good. Uh, we stopped at Three Floyds on the way down. Uh, we drove first day. We drove to Munster, and then like the next morning, we got up and went over. So we how went. was uh, Three Floyds? It was good. I I enjoyed trying the stuff that we that doesn't get bottled and sent over here. I like uh, I like trying their stouts. I like trying uh, like they had a really good milk stout on that, which I was really happy with. Like anything not hoppy, I really like from them. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a brew pub or is that a it, just a tap room? Type it's a brew pub. Situation? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and they 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 have a distillery now. Really? Yeah, they, they just can do that. They, well, well, so they they just got the licensing and the building's done. They can start distilling. Uh, I want to say it's late this fall or like first of next year. Well, here's the $60,000 question or $60 million question or whatever is, are they going to be able to serve cocktails? That I'm not 100% sure on. Yeah. Because that's just, that's what uh, Bent ran into. Yeah, exactly. And it's even it's even differenter in, in uh, Wisconsin. We literally can't. We yep. legitimately couldn't. Uh, we're, we have a permit, not a liquor license. Is that a, is that a tavern league thing or is that a, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm, 
I'm not the best one to ask this question. My partner, Justin, is probably a better one to ask about it. But um, I, there has something, has something to do with it, yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Well, I mean, same same thing with the fact that we have permits, not liquor license, but we have two permits. So yeah. I could run two tap rooms. Yeah, which is, yeah, no. And, like, so there, there's trade-offs for yeah. sure. And, I mean, you guys aren't distilling, so it's not no. an issue. Though if you wanted to... You have to do like the hop and barrel distillery as a separate entity. I mean, I, I wonder what, I wonder how the how the traffic would increase if we could do cocktails. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, it'd be one of those things where if one of like if you have a couple and one of them doesn't like beer, yeah, but likes cocktails. Well, that's why we make that bastard of a beer called a shandy. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, so your last lot party. Yeah, I met my barber there. Like uh-huh. he, like I was like, oh hey, it's my barber. I've been going like so. A uh, little bit of story. The guy used to work for my dad. I've I've known this guy. I don't know since I was five, uh, and he's been cutting my hair since I was sixteen. Mm. So you know, like big family history. First time I've ever like run into him at a bar, and so I was like, oh hey, you know how's it going? And he's like, good, but they gave me two. And I'm like, <laughs> that seems fine. Yeah. What are you drinking, Shandy? The wife wanted one, and they gave me. T- <laughs> yeah, so that whole deal is that we—that's how we can get that soda. It's from Justin's hometown, and uh, yeah, so we have to pour half the bottle of soda in one pint glass, half the bottle in the other, and then fill them up. So then you get two beers. To which I—I I never explain that to anybody because honestly, if. The first like two people I tried to explain it to were like, "Oh, I don't get it. I don't get it." Well, you have half a beer yeah. or half a soda that yeah. you have to get rid of, right? So I, I just pour it and hand it to him. <laughs> you know, it's always you know, like, oh, Shandy, it's just shandies are two for shandies one. Shandies are two for one. Sorry, you know. And like, I mean, yeah, it, it costs you the same amount. <laughs> yeah, we're working on getting. They will have disposable kegs of that, hopefully, pretty soon. From what I've heard, this is like Spring Grove soda. Okay. Um, so they should have uh, disposable kegs pretty soon. And then potentially we're kind of talking to that company to get uncarbonated soda and then just mix it in our tank. Um, but they're wanting to come and check out our facility and just make sure it's not, you know, like in <laughs> someone's garage or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Make sure it's on the up and up. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't, so. didn't, uh, didn't Fulton start in somebody's garage? Wasn't yeah, that? Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, them and uh, like six one two, I think. Okay, both started. Yeah, six one two was a like, like I remember hearing hearing about them, you know, way before they ever had a building. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I mean, and they're one of the older ones, you know. Yeah. So. All right. Um. So yeah. So Gen Con was was kind of my my beer experience for the past week. Cool. Uh, have you done anything outside of the brewery, drinking-wise? Any Tried anything incredible? Yeah. Uh, I went to 56 Brewing, finally, and uh, they're in uh, northeast Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, that's the one Pete was telling me about. I yeah, well, I went with Pete yeah. <laughs> and Jen. So um, that building, well, we went to 56, and then we went to, um, oh, damn it, now I forget. Is it Clockworks? Or is it broken clock? I think it was broken clock. Was it broken clock? Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't invited, but I know. What? <laughs> I don't know why you weren't invited. You're always invited. Why didn't you get invited? I don't, I don't know. know. Were you out? Of, you weren't even out of town. Nope. Well, what the hell? 
So- sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Shit. It's fine. No, I had to do the show anyway. So. Well, all right. Well, anyway, long story short, yeah, we went to both of those, and it's kind of neat because the brewery that I was first even remotely associated with was Northgate. Uh, rest in peace. But uh, they started out of the same building that Broken Clock is in, and then 56 also started out of that building, too. So it's kind of cool to see the space again and see what they had done with it. Didn't look that much different because it's <laughs> really tiny. It's like you just you you could stand in the middle of the brewery and turn around 360 degrees and that's the tour, you know. Nice. Uh, essentially. So, yeah, kind of interesting. And then they had they had like Broken Clock has this like membership thing that I didn't understand. Like so they if you walk in and, you, you know, they ask you if you're a member, if you say, yes, I'm a member, then they can sell you a pint. So you just have to say yes, I'm a member. I, I don't. I guess because I mean, Pete, Pete and Jen turned around with grins on their faces with a couple of pints in their hand, and I got a flight of the same beer. I got five five ounce pours of the same beer, and I they didn't charge me. They had to give it to me as samples, and so I felt all bad. And then I had to throw cash in the thing. Yep. So I was like, what the hell? But yeah, it's just. I mean, it must be. That's that's funny. The legality yeah. of wherever it is. So no, I don't know. Just it's cool. It's resilient. Like I. I I applaud them for having, I mean, the place was a zoo. It was packed. So well, it sounds like early Lagunitas. Cause I think that yeah. was a members only thing. And right. then they got shut down cause they're selling weed, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. That's an interesting, <laughs> whole interesting story. And now they're making a weed, uh, uh a cannabis, uh, sparkling water. I'd try it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went to 56 broken clock. Uh, the, my, the brewery I own, uh, uh, you guys just had a release, right? Yep. Yeah, we released space force. Awesome shirt, by the way. Oh yeah. I'm actually wearing a space force shirt. If you guys can see it on the camera. Yeah. I don't know if it, I don't know if it, tra- like the, the sparkly, au- actually <laughs> no, the sparkly awesomeness does translate pretty well on the camera. So. Yeah. It's cool. We had the, this big party in the parking lot, whatever. We pulled a variant so that people could wander around in the parking lot and drink beer. Beer. Had had a reggae band that uh, just I, I love this <laughs> love this band. It's kind of cool to have a place where I can book these bands that like I'm into. They were great. They were pretty. They awesome. were awesome. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Noah Factor and the Mindsetters. The Mindsetters are the bass player and the drummer are like a, produ- a reggae production duo, and I think they make you know like just like dub type of oh, stuff. Nice. I, I didn't really look into it. Um, they 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 played a good live set. So. Yeah, they they played for like three hours. Um, but yeah, they, uh, so I booked them and then Space Force double, just a double dry hopped, double IPA. And I think we've talked about biotransformation hopping like yep. briefly. Um, but we've yeah. touched on it. We will do a deep dive into it at some point during this series for sure. sure. So we did, you know, the hopped, hopped it at High Croizen with Mosaic, uh, which is heavy in linalool, which helps with that biotransformation. I don't know why. I don't think magic i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure if there's any uh, there might be some good technical papers on it i'm not really sure i'll look around but um so yeah did that uh with galaxy mosaic and uh vic secret and i'm having a lot of trouble finding a, a vic secret in any kind of quantity right now for whatever reason and i'm not familiar with that hop yeah well it's like supposed it's it's a dialed back version of galaxy essentially okay um and it's like if you look for subs for Galaxy, that's the like the only one. Australian Yakima yeah. Valley pellets. Yep. So, and then there's another. There's a little sister of uh, Galaxy called Ella. That's pretty new. E L L A. But Ella. Um, I've never. 
tried that one out. But in any case, big ass IPA, nicely balanced. Um, really proud of that one. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I had one, I think, because I was trying to drive home that night. Yeah. And that so the beer I, sneaks up yeah, on you. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the T-shirt I got, they, there's a guy that live prints T-shirts, which I still think is a really cool. No, it's it's very cool. Novelty. But I, I feel like people get confused. They're like, yeah. what is going on here? Yeah. This guy's just, is this performance art? <laughs> So, All right. Yeah, so that's that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I should find a bottle opener on the table somewhere. Oh. Uh, I, how do I not see one here? I got one in my pocket. Yeah. Okay. We have 14 in the studio. And yeah. I can never find one. I think Pete hides them on purpose. He probably does. Ooh, that had a good hiss. I'm happy with the hiss. Good. Okay. So. All right. So I am pouring our robust porter. Or uh, more traditionally known as a Baltic porter, but they went and changed the uh, the style guideline on us, as they're wont to do. Oh, we have beer cam up if you just want to give that a quick toss Ooh. out there just so they can see it on the taproom travelers. Uh, I put the little thing oh, up. Sorry. There you go. Big orange spot for you. <laughs> well, I, was looking at the, I was looking at the camera. I don't know why, because I'm like, well, the, the camera that's across from me that I'm waving at right now. Right. Um, and <laughs> are, you, are you on Facebook right now? I should send you this recipe. Go ahead. So you yeah. can take a look at it. Um, Facebook. Send her on. If Facebook decides to load. Facebook's been kind of a little bitch lately, giving all my information to uh, foreign governments and stuff. But um, there we go. All right, so yeah, I sent you the Brewtoad link. All right, so uh, this is six pounds of Munich, six pounds of Vienna, two pounds of Amber, half a pound of Carafa 1, and half a pound of Pale Chocolate UK in a five-gallon batch. OG was 10.74, uh, finished out at about 10.20. So about 7% ABV. All right. Um, mm, okay. And because I'm out of practice, I totally forgot to bring up the style guidelines. Sorry, guys. I apologize. Baltic Porter. What's the number on that one? Uh, 9C. 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 All right. All right. So a Baltic Porter often has the malt flavors reminiscent of an English Porter and the restrained roast of a Schwartz beer, but with higher OG uh, and alcohol content than either. Very complex with multi-layered malt and dark fruit flavors. Aroma, we're looking for a rich, multi sweetness, uh, often containing caramel, toffee, nutty to deep toast, and or licorice notes. Complex alcohol and ester profiles of moderate strength, reminiscent of plums, prunes, raisins, cherries, or currants. Uh, occasionally with vinous, or vit, vinous? Vinous. Vinous, port-like qualities. Uh, some darker malt character that is deep chocolate, coffee, molasses, but never burned. No hops, no sourness, very smooth. Right. <clears throat> the carafa and the pale chocolate. I mean, good layers in there. So what do you think of the aroma? What are you picking up? It's a little on the cold side yet, but... There's a smidge of, of alcohol note. Yep. Um, but yeah, more like you're, you're toffee and nutty. I get some dark fruit. Yep, some dark fruit. No licorice. <laughs> no, none. Which I'm kind of okay with. Damn microphone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no licorice. All right, appearance, dark reddish, uh, copper to opaque, dark brown, not black, thick, persistent, tan-colored head, clear, although darker versions may be opaque. 
Uh, patented beer light gives me reddish hue. Yep. Right through reddish that. Reddish or ruby. Yeah. Something. Ruby hued, kind of almost, yeah, porter. Head retention's not there, but I think that's because this is a little undercarbed. Yeah, that's definitely a culprit. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, been having issues like this, these, the stupid bottle conditioning, man. Like I am, <laughs> I'm so upset with these three, like the, these three beers that I bought or four beer. There are four beers I bottled the same day and they all have carbonation issues. And I measured, I poured, I did everything the same <laughs> way I do every other time. And for whatever reason, they're just like, yeah, no, we don't want to. That's tough, man. I towards the end, I got super lazy, and they made these. They make these like capsules, and they just drop in every bottle. Yeah, I don't remember what that's even called. Uh, though it's like firm, not not firm cap. Uh, I don't know. I I've seen them. Yeah, they make a. They there's they're like little like you know like you would take your medicine yeah. and they had, they made something else at some point. I don't know if they make it anymore, and it kind of looked like a um uh like a lozenge. Like these white tablets. Yeah. The, yeah. Like the, the only issue with that is cost when you're doing 80 beers. Yeah, that's true. Which is why I've been kegging as many as possible. Every beer I keg turns out great. That's insane. Do you have any idea like what your like total co- cost is on this whole thing? Uh, so I checked at the end of last year because I was curious. And so January, January 1st of this year, I looked at my Northern oh Brewer my bill. God. It was somewhere in the neighborhood of eighteen hundred dollars. Holy smokes, dude! For uh, for that for that part of the change, that's, <laughs> that started in March. That's how much it costs us to make fifteen barrels of, uh, like Chad's Pale Ale, for example. Right. Or or actually, yeah, or Hudson Hayes. It's about in, that was about a almost a two thousand dollar beer, which is insane because the our lager. It costs us, uh, I want to say it's like, um, what is it, $28 a barrel? Yeah. No, yeah. By the by the time I'm done with this, <laughs> I'm going to be in about four grand. Like, wow. Yeah. Interesting. That part I didn't account for when I was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's, I, I told you that I told some other. You've been telling everybody. Brewer, yeah, I appreciate like, it. Like, yeah, I'm just like, this guy is. This is He's nuts. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like, you know, you should get your name on a plaque. I should. Uh, or something. I, I deserve a trophy, <laughs> goddammit. Well, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Man. Anyway, right. uh, right, a wait, promo. Wait. <laughs> a promo. Flavor. Let's do that. Let's do flavor. Right. As with aroma, uh, has a multi-rich uh, sweetness. Uh, with complex blend of deep malt, dried fruit esters, and alcohol, has a prominent yet smooth short spear-like roasted flavor that stops short of burnt. Mouth filling and very smooth, clean lager character, which this does not have. Starts sweet, <laughs> uh, but darker malt flavors quickly dominate and persist through the finish. Just a touch dry with a hint of roast coffee or licorice in the finish. Uh, malt can have a bunch of stuff in it. Uh, medium low to medium bitterness from malt and hops just to provide balance. Did you use the California lager yeast on this? Or mm. the yeast we used was California lager, yeah. Yeah, twenty one twelve. Is that what is that one that's better? Yeah, is that one's better for higher temps, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Cal Steam. Oh derp. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you get that. That's that a smart idea. Fruity. 
um, fruity nut. Yeah, it, and that's kind of what what we were going for. It's like I can't lager. I I can't. Yeah, no, well, well, I, I, I don't have any temp control. Um, honestly, like, flavor wise, I'm I'm terrible at picking up uh, certain off flavors, but. It tastes pretty clean. Is there anything really popping out? No, nothing. nothing okay. No, it's a nice clean beer. Uh, it, the alcohol notes a smidge heavy, but yeah, that, well, mm, whatever. I, the carbonation, I feel like, would it's homebrew. That. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it it, it tastes good. I. Uh, um. So in this beer, I get. Hang on. I get like caramel, a lot of caramel, uh, dried fruit. Yep. Toffee. And some chocolate. And like uh, almost like a chocolate cookie mm-hmm. on the back end. Yep. Like that, that chocolate cookie aftertaste. Yep, I'm with you on that. No. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say? Did, we, did you read flavor yet? I can't remember. I did. I, did. Oh, I, yeah. I just read flavor. I was reading black currant, and we just made a beer with some currant, black currant. What does a currant look like? I don't know if it I've ever It looks like a little seen... berry. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think I looked it up. Yeah. Like they're just these little berries. It tastes so strange. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's totally... Very distinct. It's totally, like... <laughs> What do I always say? Fruit from fruit from another planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a it's a weird. Dude, you want to talk about fruit thing. from another planet? I have a uh, uh, a I think I think we talked about it. Uh, well, the episode came out recently, but we're doing a for our fruit beer. We're doing a dragon fruit cream ale. Whoa, interesting. Yeah, like well, I, Rick was here and he's like, let's let's just do like a fruity cream ale and I'm like well okay but let's use a weird ass fruit and the weirdest ass fruit I could think of was a dragon fruit like damn kumquat is that a fruit that is a fruit but kumquat is very sour and very tart oh I once had a taco do you remember the taco throwdown we had at the brewery yeah yeah well you were were you yeah you were out of I, I was out of the country the country that's right yeah Anyway, yeah, I was thinking of the hot dish contest. That's what the one yeah, that you the were hot at. Dish, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for that. That was that was a ton of fun. I like that we used the BJCP style guidelines to judge yep, that. To that judge was, hot dish. Well, and That's getting everybody we on like it, getting everybody on board with that was was a hassle. Because like, <laughs> yeah. it's like I don't know if you realize how BNS works, but I make a decision and then Matt questions the shit out of it and tries to change everything. Yeah. And then Carlos just argues. Carlos pipes in. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it live. <laughs> All right. Uh, mouthfeel. Uh, generally quite full bodied and smooth with a well aged alcohol warmth. Uh, and I feel like maybe with some age, the alcohol will maybe die back a little bit. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's just on the aroma. Like it's not unpleasant and it's not it's not hot. You can tell that it's there, though. But it's there, you know. Uh, medium to medium-high carbonation, nope. Uh, making it seem <laughs> even more mouth-filling. Uh, not heavy on the tongue due to carbonation level. Yeah, so basically I made a porter that has not carbonated and probably will not. So I'm happy with everything except for the carbonation with Got this it. beer. Yeah, no, I'm I'm digging it. I'm liking this. Um it like it kind of drinks like a like a stout now like a yeah. like a barrel aged stout with mm-hmm. that really low carb and yeah that first the first sip was pretty stouty yeah um yeah I like it though all right I'm gonna give this a green check uh I mean minus the carbonation everything's there carbonation is easily fixed so I I say it falls within style what do you say I'm good man yeah tastes good to me all right I'm waiting for me to brew a beer where you just eviscerate it. <laughs> Just to like, <laughs> uh, that's not. I, yeah, I mean, I haven't really had anything that wasn't 
to style, and I mean that's what we're. Yeah, that, that's that's what we're. Yeah, that's no, the point. But, it's like it's but, not whether I like it or not. Yeah, no, but it's it's like we've had beers on here that have just been terrible, and you've just missed them. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> so you're so you're saying that we're gonna run into one then? Well, I, right. Maybe not. Like <laughs> maybe, I have I have brewed almost eighty beers, so maybe I've just gotten better. You know, yeah, no, that's Bruce Strong, my friend, as they say on the, the beer <laughs> Oh, that's net, a different show. Beer Network. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, can I, you got to maybe edit that out. <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be fine with it. I don't even know if Jim Mill does that show anymore. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I don't, what do they, what do they even do with it anymore? Uh, so the session is still around. Yeah. They started a show called Dr. Homebrew. Okay. Which is pretty enjoyable to listen to. Like they have, uh. They like listeners send in beer and then they have uh, three BJCP judges like judge them on air. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a fun I one to listen to. think I'm going to download that one. Yeah. Huh, I'll be damned. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I like the session because it's kind of like the Department of Offense with more structure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, man, I love DOO, though. I'm sorry. It's, it's I, I think it's it's more because I, you know, like I didn't know you guys when I started listening to it and then I kind of got to know you guys and then, you know, then we all kind of, I was like, I think I'd like to hang out with these guys. You're like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, cool. I get to hang out with these guys. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, we, all right. So, uh, we also have a listener question that we need to uh, uh, attack, right. uh, before we got dive it. into our hop discussion. Uh, for the guys who don't remember, we are doing a hop discussion. I swear. I know we're <laughs> 25 minutes in, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the episodes will go to an hour. We like, get to yakking. <laughs> well, and I mean, it changes. Like with Miles, they were about 20 minutes. With Rick, they were between 30 and 40. Maybe you'll, maybe with you, we hit an hour. I don't oh, care. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. All right. So uh, this question comes in from Tim. Uh, hey there, I recently made a Belgian blonde. And let's just say that it doesn't quite taste like any Belgian blonde I've had before. I was wondering if you could take a look at my recipe and provide some insight on how to improve it. Also, thanks for all the great info. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and rants. You're definitely welcome for those uh, yep. uh, from your show. All right. So the recipe here is 46 percent. Uh, I like that he sent percentages. Yeah. Thanks for that, by the way, because I I brew, uh, you know, on a pretty large scale. Yeah. yeah percentages are good for, well, anybody who's not brewing a five, five or ten gallon batch. Percentages are way better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it's just it's just so much more universal. Well, yeah, and you can you can plug that into your system using Beersmith uh, or whatever yeah. and get the recipe. Yeah, because scaling a beer from five gallons up, it doesn't. It's not not a linear process. No, no. All right. Uh, yeah. So forty six percent Maris Otter, forty six percent Belgian Pills, four percent Munich, four percent clear candy sugar, uh, and then he did an ounce and a half of EKG at sixty minutes. Uh, and an ounce at 10 minutes, and then he brewed with Safe Brew Abbey Ale Yeast. Uh, so right off the bat here, my my initial, like if somebody handed me this recipe and said, hey, what style does this go into? I'm confused because it it looks half English, yeah. half Belgian. That was the, the glaring part of this is that <clears throat> Belgian, uh, this type of Belgian ale you want to use a Belgian Pilsner, period, um, and a continental Belgian Pilsner if you can source it. Yep. Uh, which it's pretty damn easy to source that kind of shit these days. I guess back when I was brewing, I remember I don't remember which homebrew shop it was at the time, but they got this continental Pilsner in, and I remember being like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna brew a Pilsner." So I brewed a Pilsner, 
and entered into into a contest, and I don't remember which contest it was, but there were uh, three of us that took medals out of about ten Pilsner entries, and it, and I it was because three of us had used this Continental Pilsner malt. It's it's kind of crazy. Like once you start breaking down malts, how much the terroir and the roast matters. Yeah. Or, yeah, how it's made, like uh, floor floor malted versus you know non floor yeah. malted. Well, and I mean, and like and around here, like we use a lot of like Brees and Rar because it's mm-hmm. cheap and it's local. Yeah, that uh, we make a we make a uh, Schwartz beer at the brewery, and it is Weirman, you know, dark floor malted Pilsner, and it makes a huge difference. And that Schwartz beer is goddamn delicious, dude. It is really, and I it's it's hilarious to me because that's probably the one of the best beers we've ever made, right? And it it doesn't sell because people don't well understand. I, I brought my, uh, my one of our sales guys from out of town came yeah. and he tried it, and he ranted about that beer for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, he was just like, "Oh, I need that more of that." Like, I don't know, man. I, I we make a lot of lager. I mean, it's Laos from. Lazy Monk in Eau Claire, he makes a lot of lager too, and I'll quote him because he's infinitely fucking quotable. <laughs> he is, he is, yeah. <laughs> There's this book called "If You Give a Mouse a Cookie," and I'm always like, "Oh man, a brewery! It's like if you give a mouse a cookie, kind of a situation all yep. the time. Like if you do this, you're gonna have to do that, and blah blah blah." Mm-hmm. And he he goes, "Oh, just like you say, feed a mouse," and I'm like, "No, not feed a mouse. <laughs> like if, if you, you give feed a, a mouse, mouse a cookie." <laughs> but he said, "Lager, you know." It, it makes its own cavalier, but like it, it's just another beer. It, I mean, if you have temperature control, you shouldn't be afraid of. No, it. if if you have temperature control, a lager. lager is another beer. Yeah, it's just another beer. Yep. All anyway, right. uh, anyway, so uh, Brian, what? So the, what? What are the like? If if you had to give three tips to improve this, or not not improve, I shouldn't say, because I don't think it made a bad beer, um, but. What what tips would you give to change this recipe to get it closer to Belgian Blonde style? Continental Pilsner malt, um, just hundred percent. You know, I would I would honestly, I would I would ditch the Munich man. Um, yeah, you you want this to be, you know, somewhat of a canary, and <clears throat> honestly, what what I think kind of shines about blonde ales that are Belgian style. Blondales, not American Blondale. That's is the fact that you get to use the Abbey Ale yeast, okay? Mm-hmm. And you can you can make Abbey you can make uh, Belgian yeast do tricks. So, and by that I mean if you ferment it warm, it'll issue more esters like banana. And if not, if you dial the temp back, uh, it'll issue more clove. So it's kind of up to you what you know, what you want it to taste like. And I think you, Casey said the firm temp was like what? 67, 68. Yeah. 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 I mean, in any, either case, I would probably for thing number two, I would probably jump that temp up, jump the temp up just to get some more ester creation. Yeah. Maybe like 73. I I mean, I would say like, so get, get it, get it done to your pitching temp, get it there. Maybe let it sit there for a day or two Mm -hmm. and then just let it free rise. Free rise. Yeah. When I like, I know we're not talking about a Hefeweizen, but like I, 
again at the end of my home brewing, I just kind of got really cavalier, and I would just brew it in a bucket with the lid kind of askew. We call that ZFG brewing, and that's my favorite kind. Yeah, zero fucks given. <laughs> yeah. Like you're it still it, makes a good. Well, beer. yeah, no, like if if you if you have your process dialed in and you know your recipes. Yeah. You can ZFG brew. It's not an yeah. issue. Like as long as everything sanitized or whatever, just do whatever. And yeah, but no drink until cold side, kids. I mean you. That <laughs> that's legit. Like that is legit advice. Serious. It's, there were so many brews early on where I would start drinking, mashing in, yeah, and then be like. What? How many hop additions did we do? <laughs> it is so tempting, but yeah, until you're until you're uh, chilling, until you're yeah, chilling, until you're it, knocking out and, I, and pushing back. It takes me twenty minutes to chill with my stupid little thing. What do you? Uh, what do you the, the, just an immersion chiller. Immersion, oh wow, yeah, it's pretty quick actually. Yeah. Uh, so it takes me twenty minutes to chill, uh, and it takes me twenty minutes to drink my first beer. Just saying, like, <laughs> yeah, I had I had. Um, screwed a chugger pump into a piece of wood and then screwed the Blickman plate chiller into the same piece of wood. A plate chiller is next on my list. When yeah. I start doing 10-gallon batches again, I really need that because it's so, just so. But I want the one that you can take apart and clean. Cause yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, seriously, when you, you CIP the shit out of it, it, you'll still get shit out of it. Yeah. Like green things. Um, anyway, but anyway, uh, so um, yeah. back to this beer. One, right, so that two, was two. And then, you know, you're wasting your money on candy sugar. Just get table sugar. It does the same thing. You know what I mean? Uh, especially if you're going clear. Yeah. Clear candy sugar, I think you can use table sugar. I use table sugar from Costco at all the time from the for, but if you're if you're doing like a uh, like a double or a double uh-huh. with uh and you then, want the darker yeah you want to think about using like a you know a brown sugar yep. or whatever but. yeah so our I, I looked up because I was curious what our Belgian blonde recipe was mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it was almost 100 percent Belgian pills and aromatic. then we used half a pound of aromatic yep. malt. I knew it. Yep. Yeah, you could throw some aromatic in here. I love aromatic. I mean, you it's, could, you could it, just, it adds that little, like, je ne sais quoi. Yeah, you could just give, <laughs> give me some aromatic malt, and I'll just <laughs> sit and smell it. Uh, anyway, uh, and then I was going to make a note that the reason why the candy sugar is kind of in here is because it, it does give an, another level, another rather another layer of, like, a Belgian characteristic, because when we're talking about all these Belgian beers... The way I perceive when there's a bunch of sugar in a in a beer like this with a Belgian ale yeast, I get a like almost like a cider like quality, and that's from the the stretching of the body like in a sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it's super stretched, it's mm-hmm. dry, mm-hmm. it, it yep. like you like it starts out kind of full and then just the bottom Dries drops out. right yeah. out of it. So that's that's your purpose for using sugars, and in IPA, it's good to whip those in for you know a little. Dry it out and pop the hops. Yeah, especially a if you're doing a double. Especially, yeah. There's about 50, 50 pounds in the double IPA. So anyway, moving on. All right, moving on. Yeah, uh, Tim, I, I hope we answered your question. Yeah, thanks, we, Tim. Like, <clears throat> yeah, again, your your recipe doesn't look bad. Just needs some tweaking to make it a blonde. Mm-hmm. What is your name? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Uh, for our second episode in the hop series, um, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to open up one of these tropical torpedoes. Ooh, yeah. Shit, hang on. <laughs> hey, let me open you up one too. Here. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, so Torpedo from Sierra Nevada is like the original IPA. Or one of the... Like, it's it's kind of a big deal. Check out Beer Cam, y'all. Mm. There you go. Um, and then they came out with this one, I want to say two years ago. Okay. Maybe maybe three. With It's basically oh. Torpedo with different hops. Trockable. Yeah. Um, I like it a little bit better than regular Torpedo. Maybe it's because I was bored with it. But uh, I believe they use, like, massive hop backs or something to... Well, that's what the torpedo is. It's isn't it some like circulation technology? I guess. I yeah, yeah. They basically throw whole cones into a massive tank, and then it's it's like a giant. I I don't want to say Randall, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of like a giant Randall, but cold side instead of serving side. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Um, I don't know. I I really like Sierra Nevada. I don't know what the bottle date on this this is though. Um, but Sierra, Sierra Nevada, if you see it on the shelf and if uh, like, if it's one of those things where, oh, I see it everywhere. I, I don't drink it. Like <clears throat> there it is, uh, January 15th. Okay. So seven, eight months in now. Yeah. It's a little, little, little past, but that's, I mean, I'll, I'll forgive it. Cause I understand how quickly hops yeah. tend to yep. go away. But no, Sierra Nevada, very solid beers, very good IPAs, good, very good pale ales. Uh, SN Sierra Nevada pale ale was like the beer I drank for about six months when I first started getting into craft beer. Yeah, that's always always a good one. Yeah, that and bell, you know, like bell, your bell's too hearted. Yep, can't go wrong. Yeah, uh, it's just like they're just solid beers. Uh, and what I like about Sierra Nevada is you can get it anywhere. And they've been making so much beer for so long. Uh, if you're into like uh, verticals of beers, you can literally walk into the Sierra Nevada tap room. Buy a six pack vertical of their Bigfoot. Wow. And just walk out. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Uh, they have that many years. Oh, it's it's insane. But, all right. So, uh, speaking of Sierra Nevada, speaking of whole, co- or speaking of like forms of hops, that's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, so, we're, we're going to talk about whole, like just the different types of hops that you can get as a home brewer or even a pro brewer and what the different like pros and cons and like how they're used and stuff like that. Cause I was, I was digging through this hot book and there was way more in there than I remembered being in there because <laughs> everybody knows like whole cone and pellet. Those are the two that everybody knows. Right. And then things have kind of changed a little bit. So uh, we'll start with the most basic whole cone hops. So what is a whole cone hop? Uh, basically it's just the flowering bud of, uh, the hop plant that's been dried and you add it directly to the boiler or the fermentation, uh, for dry hopping. Um, that's, that's pretty much all I know about them. They're, <coughs> they're dried in bales. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all right. It. Um, so, and they're used just like you would use any hop bittering flavor aroma addition. Yep. All of the above. Or dry hopping. There are some breweries that only use whole cone. I think what Mike from... Mike from Pitchfork, Pitchfork. Sierra Nevada, I yep. know, only, or at least at one point they only used whole cone. Yeah. I don't um, know if they still do or not. You're, it's, it's just another, another like ask 10 brewers to get 10 answers, yep. but people say the aromatics are better. Um, I, I, and I've heard that it gives it a rounder flavor, mm-hmm. a rounder bitterness instead of a sharp bitterness. Right. Um, the aromas are different. Mm-hmm. 
all of those things, yes. <laughs> like it's it, there, it's a lot of subjectivity. When we're, when we're talking hops, there's some very hard science, mm-hmm. and then there's some uh, hoodoo. Some not so hard science. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what are the pros of using whole hops? Well, some of the things that we just talked about, like better aroma and you know more rounded bitterness, less less harsh or sharp, uh, and then um, yeah, that. all right yeah so if you like the flavor of whole cone that's why you would use it yeah it's it's purely a subjectivity it's purely a style thing yep Uh, con wise though there's a few oh um they tend to add a lot of like really chunky material uh, on to the to and it it'll plug siphons it'll plug airlocks it'll it'll soak up a shit ton of beer too yeah your loss levels quite a bit more um, um, if you dry hop with whole cone, your, uh, your odds of like extracting vegetal character are a lot higher. Yeah. Vegetal. Definitely. Because a lot of the, a lot of that plat matter is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm trying to, th- oh, uh, they're hard as shit to find. Well, yeah. I mean, depending that, on what style you're looking you, for, you, they don't, variety. it's, it's a storage thing. If you, we'll talk about it later, but. T45 and T90 and cryo and all these other ones. I mean, it's like you just throw it in a nitrogen bag and and you can store them for a really long time. But from what I know, like whole cone, you know, I mean, all the a lot of times the powder in the bales will sift all the way down to the bottom, too. So the T45 and T90, I think I feel like are more more uniformed. What I will say is I really like whole cone if I'm aging hops to use an alambic. Yeah, that works. Or I'm better. not a lambic, a lambic style type beer. <laughs> They're very protective about that word. Yeah. Well, you would know. That's right. You were just over Yeah, there. I was just over <laughs> And that, that was drilled into me a bunch. Like, Especially at Cantillon. They do not fuck around. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's why you, you say Belgian style, you say English style, because yeah. it's not a Belgian beer if it's made in America. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, so, but if you're aging hops because you, you just want the preservative qualities, you don't want any of, like, the, the bitterness from it. Right. Um, yeah, so that's whole cone. So <clears throat> then we we dive into pellet hops. Pellet hops are the ones that most homebrewers are uh, familiar with. They come in the little, like, rabbit pellets. It looks like rabbit food or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's different, I, like, I knew this, but I didn't, like, because like I've read this book before, but it didn't sink in until like I was reading this for a show that there's different types of pellets. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Like it, it just it, like I read it, I knew it, never really sunk in. Uh, and then I did some research, and I'm like, okay, so if I'm a home brewer, can I differentiate what type my pellets are? No. oh man i well isn't isn't one bigger than the other or well so i mean type 100 is so all right so the 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 three types that we're going to talk about and there's more than this i think there's one or two more that i didn't put in here because they're completely irrelevant to homebrewers right um but so the three that we're going to talk about we're going to talk about type 90 type 45 and type 100 type 100 are Plugs, just hot plugs, yep. which is just like chopped up cones that are been shoved into a disc, a compressed disc. So it's like if you want whole cone, but want it preserved longer. Yeah. I think uh, the plugs, they look like little tea lights. 
Yeah, yeah, and they or a and hockey they, puck. As soon as they get wet, they just burst apart. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, also known as hot plugs. These are compressed hole cones, primarily used for dry hopping cast condition nails, is what it says in the book. That makes uh, sense. And if you want to know what book we're talking about, this is the for for the love of hops, a, the practical guide to aroma, bitterness, and culture of hops. If you don't have a copy, please, please, please get one. It's you my man, Stan Hieronymus. Yes. Badass name. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Greek philosopher. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does, actually. All right. So, type 90, off the top of your head, what would you say? Or what What, what can you tell me about type 90? Oh, uh, man. You know, uh, I know all these pellet types. Um, they're milled into a powder, and then they get squeezed through a dye. So should, I mean, should, I, should I read the little paragraph yeah, here? Why right. not? All right, so type 90 pellets, are, or T90s, uh-huh. uh, once contained 90% of the non-resinous components found in hop cones, thus the name. Although today product losses are generally less and the percentage is actually higher, they are the most common sold. The composition of oils and alpha within the pellets is similar to cones, but net, not necessarily identical. So most of the most of the pellets you're going to buy are going to be T90. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's shit, man. I don't, I don't, I, I can count on one hand how many times I've used other, like T45 or anything else, isomerized or yeah. Um. So yeah, so this was kind of an interesting one for me to research too, especially the cryo ones and the other yeah. shit we'll get into. D- th- that but stuff is really interesting. Yeah, I, you can go down a, a <laughs> you can go a, down a, a, rabbit, a rabbit hole, hole real quick. Time, you know, I mean, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that after we get to pellets here. Yeah. All right, so T90 are your common hot pellets. Like you see hops at the your local homebrew supply or Northern Brewer or wherever you're at or Austin Homebrew or any of these guys who might want to sponsor me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, more beer out west. Uh, yeah. Anybody like, uh, <laughs> like that, that's what you're gonna see most of. Um, and they're used mostly like whole cones too, like yeah. in your standard like standard uh, hoppings. And we'll get into mash hopping and first wort hopping at a slightly later date. But if you were gonna do like a mash hop, would you want to use whole cone or pellet? Jeez. Oh, you know that, man. You keep asking me these like ask ten brewers get ten answer questions. Well, but, yeah, like, but I'm asking one brewer. One brewer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the jury, the, for me, the jury is out on it, it is still out on whether it does anything. Yeah. Period. And yeah. to to that end, uh, I would imagine whatever form. Yeah. Just throw whatever you want. Whatever. In. Yeah. I. You know. All right. T ninety. I throw. All right. So pros of using T ninety hot pellets. Well, uniformity, you can li- literally ubiquity in a sense, like you can get every kind of hop in that form. Does, yeah, but does like, but you're still looking at like crop still matters and stuff like that, right? Well, year to year. all of that row to row yeah. matters, year to year matters. But I feel like row to row matters less than a pellet because everything's thrown into a grinder and kind of homogenized. Uh, yes and no. I mean,. You know, I like what what is it the the citra crops le- recently have been more dank than others. Yeah, but that's that's year to year though, isn't right? It? That's a year to year thing. Yeah. But then like a row to row thing, like if you're like mosaic, for example, like one row smells more like onion and garlic, and one smells more like you know citrusy or. But if they're all kind of like homo- homogenized into the pellet, one, don't you think they'd balance out or no? No, no. uh. Uh-uh. 
Okay. I, I honestly don't know. So Yeah, well, I mean, that's a hop farmer question. Totally. Yeah. We got to get hop farmers on the show. What the hell? We, we know hop farmers. I know. We know Dave, we, we know yeah. Dave Greenfield. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, and I've had like I well, and so we've we've done some like in depth like hop science stuff. I like I have a buddy who uh, went to UWRF for hops. Yeah, they like, they do a lot of work. They out do there. a lot of work. Yeah. It's like he was like he majored in hops, and he's been yeah. on the show a couple of times to talk about stuff. And he's like he'll say all these sciencey words, and I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. No, I'm with you. Anyway, I'm sorry. We're right. anyway. Uh, all right. I. So yuck, yeah. Yuck. So uh, so pros. You get um. Uh, you can get any type of hop that way. Yeah, you don't. Um, I would say that. They store longer. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, they're easier to handle. I would think because you're not dealing with big bales, less wart loss. Super uniform too. I mean, like they go into a dye, like a you know. Yep. Which which kind of is kind of awesome. Like uh, my, I have a friend that makes soap, and he makes skull shaped soap. And so I think you could probably make skull skull hops, skull shaped hop pellets. That would be amazing. I think zero brewers would be upset about that. Yeah. No. <laughs> so this this is a little bit of a tangent, but man, there's this like really weird cross section that I didn't realize until I don't know, probably about six months ago. Um, it's D and D heavy metal brewers. Oh yeah. Like that, that, that little that slice also play guitar. Yeah. Like that's, it's, that's, that's like the, sli- you, you slash take- have long hair and beards. <laughs> it's like, I'm not kidding. Like I, I, I totally agree with you because I do all of those things. And I mean, the first rock star heavy metal brewer was Todd Haug. We all know that. Yep. Right. And you know, I think that all these guys kind of saw that and they're like, Wow, I can have long hair and a beard, and I can work a low-paying job. (laughs) But it means something. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I can noodle on my guitar, tune my guitar during the mash or whatever. Right? Yeah, Yeah. that's how I roll. It's no, but it's it's very interesting. (laughs) Like like the D and D thing was new to me. Like I didn't realize how big the crossover was between metal and D and D. But you you look at heavy metal magazine, it should have been obvious. Listen, man, think about how fucking geeky brewing is yeah like or can't you know like it, it is it, it just is. is and so yeah it's it's kind of a no-brainer you know yeah. you got some some brilliant cats that are you know making beer these days no it's it, it's just it's just really cool that it's like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> just little things that you notice after the years like. yeah <laughs> all right um okay and then the the cons to using pellets are there any you know um it's Honestly, no, no. I mean, like, I, I can't think of anything. Off at least, the top like, of my the, head. yeah, the T ninety pellets. Um, I, I honestly can't think of any. I mean, vegetable extraction, but it's going to be less than you're going to get with whole cone. Yeah. Um, year to year, it's not going to be the same, but you're not going to get that with anything that's not an extract or concentrate, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there's really any huge. Huge uh, drawbacks to using uh, pellet. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of the the it was explained to me a lot of the the quality or a lot of the big piece to hops is when they're picked and how they're dried. Uh, you know, and then the, the pelletization is just like eh, whatever. Yeah, you grind it up, you, you grind it up, it and you put dye. it in a pellet. You know. Anyway. All right. All right. So T45 pellets. Um, T45 or 
Uh, Lupulin enriched pellets are manufactured from enriched hop powder. Processors mill the hops at about minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 30 Celsius, uh, which reduces the stickiness of the resin and separates the lupulin from unwanted fibrous vegetative matter. I just found a typo in... uh, Dude, I love that. I know, right? I love (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. When I was in college, there was a blog of typos in... In textbooks? Yeah. That and then they were scanning all... Google is scanning every book in the world. And and there was a blog of people's hands in the way of the scans. (laughs) Nerds. Hands in the scans. (laughs) Um, Although the name implies the... Hops are enriched to twice level of T90s. The level may be restricted by the amount of lupulin in the original hop. Normally, processors customize the level, producing, for example, a T33 or T72 pellet that would still be referred to as a T45. Um, T45s are more often produced from low-alpha Roma hops. So, a T45, something I've never encountered in the wild... Uh, yeah, as no, a home brewer. No, like, I mean, uh, I mean, is, is that something you've never used? Nope. Uh, literally, like I said, I can, again, I can count the number of times I've used something other than T90 on my hand. Okay. Like, um, do you know, so like, when would you want to use a lupulin enriched hop? Well, uh, you know, for an IPA, I guess. Yeah. So lupulins, uh, for the people who don't know are what compound in hops, like those are the ones that give you your big flavors and aromas, right? Yep. You could, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like these these newer uh, like IPAs that are. On and the maybe market. we should have, we maybe we should have done that episode first. Is the bits of hop right? Yeah, we'll do um, that next week. Uh, yeah, let's do that next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally it's the the yellow powder is lupulin, but there is other shit in. There's other essential oils like yeah. linoleum, you know, myrcene and blah, blah, blah. So that that's what I know. For Thanks for putting me on the spot. No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Brian, it's, you know how this show works. Yeah. It's, it's a little free form. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I encountered it and I was like, oh, yeah. Also, you've had two weeks to prepare. I don't know why you're unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. My bad. <laughs> All right. And then, yeah, we've already talked about type 100. So T45, right. we can't really say any pros or cons because Brian's never used them. I've never used them. Nah, I don't. I I figured it was to. just information that you guys should know is out there. Like that's a thing that you can find. Unfortunately, it's not a thing that you can find at any online homebrew store that I could see. Yeah, this seems like a custom thing, honestly. So it's probably like some big brewery out there. Yeah, you know what it is. I bet it's uh like uh Samuel Smith. Or Fuller's mm-hmm. in England, I bet they're using something like this for some of their like because they use a lot of those low alpha yeah. hops. They might be using T45s. I don't know. Could be. If, very, I mean, if I had to guess. Very good question. All right. So now we get into uh, I like to call it the mad science bits of hops. These are the things that no longer resemble. Like, the hop flower in any way, shape, or form. Uh, like, these are the extracts and concentrates and just ridiculous things that people are like, I wonder what happens if we do this. <laughs> um, and I've used one of these before. I really want to use a couple, or uh, at least one more of them now. 
Um, but so the first one we're going to talk about is CO2 extract. CO2 extract is where they basically take all of the alpha acids and out of the hops w- using like a CO, like a liquid CO2 extraction process and it turns it into a black goop that you can buy in a little syringe. <laughs> Hop shot, yeah. Yep. Which, extremely sticky. Like, it's just all the resin in the hop, like, just reduced down. Um, and usage-wise, I've used it in New England IPAs. Yeah. Um, man, this it's a good it's a good way to get a bigger uh, yield. Yeah. Certainly. So. Well, yeah. So I I use it in New England IPAs because I wanted bitterness without any flavor because I was going to add all that later. Right. Which a hop shot will give you. Um, so pros on this is you get a very exact amount of IBUs. Yeah. No. Right on the nose. Um, you you can you can measure it out to the decimal if you wanted. IBU wise, if you weren't adding any other hops into it. This is true. Um, it, the one kind of the one caveat of of uh, this whole thing is that if you're using a high volume, um, how do I want to put this? You have to you have to consider uh, like let's think about this. So what's a good way to what's a good metaphor? You, you need to be cognizant of the fact that the the vegetal stuff and the plant matter and all the little green flecks yep. you know that stuff contributes to the beer too mouthfeel yes. flavor ex- the experience the whole thing and so when you're using you know if you're if you're going for a style with high bit- bitterness like something above like 40 IBU you know you, you remember that you're you're taking an essential piece of the experience out of it. So that, I'm sorry, that should have been in the con section, but no, no, well, no, it's yeah, no, it's, but it's, it's, you, it's something you need to remember. Yeah. Like people heard, Oh, I can measure the things in my beer. Like, but as far as bittering goes, I love hot. I, I love hop shots. Right. If yeah. They weren't oh, God, so yeah. ridiculously expensive. I'd use them all the time. Yeah. That clean, just, it's a it, good, clean bitterness. It, That's, it's, it's so funny that the, the with with bittering hops where it's just like uh like we it's like an afterthought almost it's just like uh well we'll just we use columbus because we got a good deal on columbus we bought like five boxes from yeah. new glarus when we started and i think we finally re-upped and <laughs> bought a couple more boxes but you know when you're throwing like two pounds in every beer it's just like uh, it's kind of almost an afterthought in a sense but it's interesting though the co2 how it works it's the CO2 acts as like, you know, a solvent almost. And like, I'm pretty sure that you can, you know, I'm since this is a cousin, you know, a cousin of weed. Pretty sure you could probably do this with weed, too. I'm surprised they don't. They actually <laughs> might. I they don't. probably do. Who knows, dude? <laughs> There's so much technology. But yeah, no, like it basically it just pulls the resin out of the hops. Yeah. And so you, you just you get the you get the alpha acids, like the things that you want to isomerize in your beer to get that bitterness. Cons, you don't get any of the green shit. Yeah. The veg- vegetal shit uh it does, you know, uh contribute to the experience certainly so yep all right um and then 
before we get into the really cool one, let's talk about hop hash for a second. Uh, let me pull that up again. Hop hash. So hop hash is a, well, actually, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, I, I guess we should probably talk about N2 and hop hash in kind of the same, yeah. same mouth. They're, they're pretty close, aren't they? Yeah. Um, they're, so it's as far as, cause hop hash or, and then you have cryo hops, which are the N2 hops. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it gives a really like chewy character, uh, to the beer too. And like a super, like it's super aromatic, um, the hop hash we're talking about now. And yep. from what I know, what it is, is they, when the only time you can get it is when they're pelletizing. I mean, they can store it, obviously. And but so it's, it's once they go through their pelletizing run and clean the machine, that's, you know, it's what they pull out of the bottom of the grinder. Yeah, essentially. Um, so, I mean, and it's, you know, it's, it's popular. Um, you know, the hop brokers are selling it. Um, it's, it's easy to usually pretty easy to get, but you gotta, you gotta kind of dibs on it, you know, I, so is there any beer that I may have tried with hop hash in it? Josh, I, 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 I mean, just, yeah. Well, well, I've, the one that I know certainly that I've had is it's, it's called straight hash homie. <laughs> uh, it's made, made by Lupulin, um, brewing company and they're in big Lake, Minnesota. We did a collaboration with them. They, we had one of those beers on last week's episode. Yeah. Which one do we drink? I'd have to really listen to last week's episode. Dude, I, it wasn't. We didn't drink straight hash, did we? No, I don't think no, we did. No, no, it was some it, it was a collab with somebody. Oh, yeah, it was the Odd 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lupulin collab. We liked it. It was good. Yeah. It looked like dishwater. It did look like dishwater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, um, back on track. Yeah, um, hop hash. Uh, honestly, don't know. It, it seems somewhat unpredictable to me if you just sort of like, you know, like how do you measure what? The quantity is so it's basically like a super concentrated pellet. Yeah. Um, And I would I would assume you're going to you're not going to use this for bittering. This is something you only want to use in flavor. Oh, yeah. Or dry hopping. I would say so. Yeah. Um, And you're not going to get as much wort loss. Uh, You're probably not going to pick up as much vegetal character because there's not as much plant matter there. Now, if you don't filter this beer, you're going to find this. In the bottom of the can or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the particles are so small. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. That And again, this probably can go in the con section. But yeah, it's, you know. It, I don't know. Some people might be like, I like to see shit float in my beer. I'm not one of those people, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it happens once in a while by hook or by crook. If you don't filter or use a centrifuge to separate yeah. beer. Um, yeah, you're going to have some stuff. Yeah. So. Well, and so, I mean, is centrifuging not... I don't know. That's a whole. It's con- it's yeah. not. It's separating and then filtering is different. It's pulling the solids out and yeah. then filtering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you use a like, was it like a six micron filter, you can start pulling shit out of the beer or whatever. Or- right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I, I'll bet you that the like Todd the Axe Man. I'll bet you that's not. I'll bet you that is centrifuged. You think so? Despite its haziness, yeah. I bet. Is it still hazy? I haven't had a Todd the Axe Man since Todd left. Yeah. So. 
Oh, oh, out of respect? <laughs> no, just because I don't like Todd the X-Man. <laughs> ah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, they have... Well, I'm at... They go to Barker's a lot, and if they don't have something weird on one of their rotator lines or one of my beers... I do on, like Barker's. That's a good bar. Yeah. Yeah, good, good ass. Food. That's right. Local, uh, local talk. Get us local work. Uh. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the help is not bad looking, so that yeah, that helps. <laughs> helps. <laughs> and I mean the guys. No, I'm just kidding. They're hot as shit. <laughs> Dicks as big as trees. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. So hop hash. Uh, just to recap, a very fine hop powder yep. uh, that you can put in your beer. Very cool new thing that I literally just found out found out about when I was researching this episode. I, I don't know how familiar you are with this product, but the Lupal N2. Yeah, I know very little about that, but do, do, they, do they not refer to that as cryo? It is cryo hops. Yeah. And that, that's just the most prominent brand available to homebrewers is the Lupal N2. Uh, so cryo hops provide brewers the, this, and this is from their website. So yeah. take this with a grain of salt, if you will. Cryo hops provide brewers with the ability to get gigantic hop character while reducing astringent and unpleasant vegetal flavors with substantially higher oil and resin content. Lupul N2 powder pelletized offers up all the flavor and aroma of heavily hop beer, but significantly reduced grassy character. Additionally, the lower dosage rate of the concentrated power reduces the volume of trub, therefore kettle loss. Using cryo hops, you will net more beer that is clearer. Well, I'll be damned, yeah. So, uh, I'm assuming what they what they're doing is they are instead of like a full like with uh, with the CO2 extraction, they're doing a full extraction of the resin. Mm, yeah. I feel like they're doing some sort of end to like freezing to pull off some of the vegetal character. Like I, I'm guessing what they're doing is they're freezing and they're sifting to get down to like almost like a hop hash, but they're able like maybe there's different freezing temperatures or they know that certain pieces break off in bigger bigger chunks, so they're able to leave some bits behind. Right. Um Yeah, they uh... But again, I don't know for sure. It's this is something that's completely new to me. Yeah, no, this was another one that, that I had to kind of read a little bit about, and I'm still kind of reading a little bit about it. But from what I can tell, the the vegetal ma- it's another way to just separate the oil from the vegetal from matter. The vegetal. I mean, and honestly, well, that's to piggyback on that. When you throw your hops in the boil, that's what you're doing is you're isomerizing, which yep. means separating the... But these aren't pre-isomerized. You can get no. pre-isomerized... Uh, like, so well, the one pellet we didn't talk about was the isomerized pellets because those are not available to home brewers at all. I don't know if you've never seen them as a commercial brewer, but you can get pre isomerized pellets. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, uh, your like oil. Yeah. So hop oil. Um, but yeah, these, I mean, these like, like soft, juicy IPAs, they kind of, they have to be using some of this yeah. like lupulin powder, right? Um, but yeah, again, just more intense hop aroma. Yeah. Like everyone's always trying to figure out a way to make you know, but you shit more like intense. so you, you want to be able to throw like a crap load of hop flavor at the end of the boil, but then not end up with at like a homebrew level three inches of trub at the bottom of the kettle right. or three feet in your. This is how, this like, is how you can end up with a 
a no I no IBU IPA. It's possible. Because there's nothing to isomerize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. exactly and so but if you if it doesn't have any ibus it's not an ipa anymore yeah i mean and and again this this is just another bid also another bid to eliminate astringency and then also decrease the your loss so you're just working on making hop juice it pretty much (laughs) you know a good way to test hops out is to get a we'll we'll take our our lager, like a Minnesconsin lager, and we'll throw one hot pellet into like five ounces. Or um, we have Budweiser sitting around the brewery because we calibrate some of our testing equipment with with Budweiser. <laughs> that's that's not a bad thing at all. Like that is such a consistent product. Yeah. The Budweiser brewers, like they are goddamn machines. Yeah, like no, I mean, lot, in, so, in some points, literally, that. but they like their head brewers are immaculately like. It, it's amazing that they can push out that kind of content. Yep. Um, but, all right, so, I mean, I feel like we covered all the different forms of hops, right? Is there anything you'd like to add in there? No. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. I'm looking um, through my stuff here. Yeah, and you, like, and I, as a homebrewer, really prefer T90 pellets. I like yeah. them. They're delightful. I will experiment with other things like CO2 extracts, and now I'm going to do some Lupulin 2 powder after I'm done with these uh, 80 styles. Lupulin 2. Lupulin 2. Lupulin 2. Nice. Um, Yeah, just because I'm really curious to try it, because I I just found out about it, and I can get, I mean, I can get, like, some Citra, like, do they have a gas? What else do they have? Hang on, I should probably yeah, look that I'm up. Kinda, I'm kind of, like, now into that. Like, see, more beer has El Dorado, Chinook, Amarillo, Mosaic. Those are all the ones that you want to use, for sure. Uh, Citra. What's Equinot? Equinot? Yukonot. Yukonot. Yeah, I think it used to be called Eureka, but they changed yeah. it. Okay. Because um, And they have, then, then they, they, they still have hop oils, uh, like... Uh, one milliliter of El Dorado. Yeah, you should play around with that stuff and let me know. I mean, uh, like I know Lupulin, they've used all that stuff, but we've never. We really... should. Uh, we should develop some recipes. Sure. To Why test not? some of these things. Why not? Well, I mean, that's what the show's for. Indeed. That's what the people want to. They they want me to brew beers and I'll taste <laughs> them. I'm pretty sure that's what they want anyway. Otherwise, I've been doing this thing entirely wrong. Yep. Somebody would have told you by now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's true. They're not. Uh, they're not quiet. All right. I think. I think that brings us to the end of our show. I. I think. I think. Me thinks it does. All right. Damn. Holy crap! Only an hour and ten minutes. Not too bad <laughs> for us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks for joining us for this week of our hop series next week we'll be actually diving into the different parts of hops uh and what we're trying to derive from them um not necessarily flavors and whatnot but the bits that give us those flavors so that'll be an interesting discussion for all of us i feel like we should maybe have done that one before but now let us know in the comments (laughs) (laughs) all right uh I want to give a shout out to our other shows. Check out the Department of Defense live every week on twitch.tv slash blindnewsstudios uh, at 6 p.m. Central. That's on Sundays, 6 p.m. Central. Uh, then the next day, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central, you can check out the Legends of Lothos. If you like Dungeons and Dragons, make sure you check that out. Or if you just like hearing people get into like mythical shenanigans, 
That's pretty good, too. All right. Uh, and then Soundwave every other Thursday. Uh, Matt and Carlos do a really good job talking about new music and what's going on in the music world. All right. If you'd like to support us, head over to patreon.com slash blindstudios to become a patron today. If you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to blindstudios.com. Click on the Amazon link above our homepage. Do your Amazon shopping as normal, uh, and it gives us a kickback from Amazon. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. Uh, we're also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash blindstudios, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace.